The Buyback Podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. The Buyback. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Buyback. My name is John Berenberg. I'm with my co-host, Alex Eau Claire. The Buyback is a podcast where we talk to bartenders throughout New York and hopefully further on throughout the country and, and the world. It is raw. It is unrehearsed. And it is in a bar during hours. So there's background noise. And there is people ordering drinks. There's shit happening all over the place. If this is not a podcast for you, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for our premiere episode of The Buyback. How are you? Uh, I'm John. And I'm Alex. And welcome to The Buyback, where you'll learn the industry from the best of the best of the best, sir. If we're not talking about us. We're talking about our guests. Listen, here at The Buyback, every drink is free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tonight we have Brock Michael Napoli, Brock Michael NYC on Twitter and on Instagram if you're interested. Uh, he works at the bar known as Beauty Bar on 14th Street between 2nd and 3rd in New York City. First of all, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll test I, really, I really appreciate that. So if I, I really had to think about what my biggest pet peeve as a bartender right now is it's, it's got to be just the people that can't follow the limited set of rules that are going on right now in the bar, in the bar scene. And it's, it's sad because it's already hard enough for us to be open right now, you know, and we're lucky to be open still. Um, so, like, if people walk in the door without a mask on, immediately they send a certain tone, you know, that they don't know what what they're doing yeah they're like they just came out of a different dimension yeah in yeah. case in point i had a guy last saturday that came in here and walked right up to the bar with a mask on tried to order drinks from me at the bar uh couldn't accept why i couldn't serve him at the bar couldn't accept why he needed to wear a mask in the bar like he just came out of a portal <laughs> Yeah. It was a different like, year that he came out of where there was no COVID. Yeah. Right, maybe he was one of those people that was in a coma for a year, you know, and just woke up. I don't know. It makes it a lot harder, and it's, it's already stressful enough, like last night when I had tables in back and tables in front, and then when you add the outside tables and there's one ass that's like, just can't do that one rule, um, it, it really drives me a little bit nuts. And it's yeah. unfortunate for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, Brock. Can you please tell us about how you got into bartending, some bars you worked at, like what was your journey into today? Okay, so I first got into bartending by hanging out at my dad's favorite bar that he spent every day at uh, for happy hour with his friends when I was in my early teens. Uh, it was called Spirits Tavern in Auburn, New York, in, right upstate. Uh, I would get out of school every day and then I would just go there and wait for him to get there. And uh, while I was doing that, they put me to work. Um, they had me sorting beer bottles in the basement. How old were you? I was like 13 nice. when I first started doing that. Um, and then eventually I kind of, I did that for a, a few weeks and then they started letting me help out in the kitchen for like the happy hour buffets. Like I was tossing the chicken wings and buffalo sauce and then like setting up the tacos for, ha for the happy hour uh, Friday nights. Um, I definitely grew up pretty fast in that bar. 
Uh, I saw my dad get into all sorts of bar fights there. Um, I saw my dad dealing drugs there. I saw um, I fell in love a couple times in that place with like the some of the girls that were bartending there oh, at the okay. time. Um, they just thought I was like a a bar back, I guess, for them. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have at the time. Um, but eventually, the owner Anthony Stevens, he was like kind of like a godfather type bar owner in the 90s and he would he really took me under his wing man and he like taught me about like inventory and giving out buybacks and who to give those kind of things to um actually can i interject here real quick um you mentioned buybacks but the name of our podcast is the buyback and this is a perfect moment oh for, shit for the first episode um can you please explain what a buyback is? Because I don't think all of our listeners will know, because I know that some people in some some states don't know what buybacks are. Well, it's not just that. It's people outside of the service industry, if you've never worked at a bar, if you've never been a server, just worked in a restaurant, that's a foreign concept, right? You, If you're sitting on the other side of the bar and you've never worked in the service industry, I mean, you just assume the bartender's being nice and giving you you know, free drinks, but a lot of times partners have to ask the manager, can I give this person a buyback, or, you know, like the owner, can I give, is it okay if I buy this person, like, get a buyback for this person? Especially at, like, newer bars. Yeah. You know, like, um, Corporate bars. I mean, right now, during COVID, there's really no, there's really not a lot of buybacking going on, yeah. you know, because we're lucky to make whatever money we even make right now, you know, which is, we're lucky if we hit 10% of our so, pre-COVID sales. Yeah. So what is what is a buyback to you? What does that so mean? like a buyback would be like you know like a regular that that had already bought maybe three or four beers and like you buy you would you buy them back their fifth one their fourth or fifth one or maybe just give them a shot of whiskey or something. And that's why because they've already been supporting your bar like day after yeah. day for years, yeah. you know, and they're it's almost like a family member sometimes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the bar? Um, this bar opened in 1994. Uh, it was a beauty salon called Thomas's Beauty Salon before that for, I guess, 60 years, maybe longer. Um, my boss, Mike, and some friends opened the bar. They had another bar called Pharmacy uh, around the same time. It was like a pharmacy-themed bar. Um, and some of the people that worked at the salon actually stayed on to do nails here for our first manicurist. And we've managed to somehow evolve and stick around with the times and always stayed pretty relevant. You know, in a city that's pretty hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so we turned 25 last year. Um, we're still waiting on that 25th anniversary party. <laughs> we're going to do it someday. <laughs> Our 20th was pretty wild. We had a big concert at Webster Hall. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can't wait to do that. Um, but, yeah, so we have hair, hair dryer chairs in here. We have all different old Avon products all over the bar that are, like, a hundred years old, some of them, like all of our grandmothers had yeah. back in like 1920. If you guys, if you guys have never visited this bar, just looking around, it's 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 a great place to go. It it, it just has like a very specific vibe. Uh, there are colognes on the back of the bar that kind of look like liquor bottles, and I'm tempted to drink some of them. <laughs> you don't want to. Do, what's in the What's in the perfume bottles? Those the are all the perfumes. They're actually still. they're actually yeah. the perfumes. All the perfumes. If you open one of those, it's like a genie comes out of the bottle, and like you use your you use your wish to say like I wish I didn't open this. Um, anytime I've let someone a customer actually hold one of those things, they said, "Oh, I won't spray this," and a couple of them definitely sprayed them. Yeah, because it smells up the whole bar, probably. Yeah, we have that. We have one back there. It's like a giant peacock. It's all the way over there, and uh, I remember a girl sprayed that one one day, and like 
it went. This whole bar was fumigated between that and the nail polish smell already. Yeah. Oh, God, that's awesome. I noticed that pre-COVID, manicures happened here. They did. Uh, there are manicurists who give you, what is it, $10? $10, you'd get your nails done, and you would get a free drink. Um, it was normally referred to as the Martini and Manicure Special. Nice. We've been doing that since day one. Love the it. price never changed. It's um, planning to come back after, it is. after we get out of this. Right? People keep asking. Yeah. People really want to get their nails done here again. Uh, I miss all the girls that I work with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait to get them back. You definitely don't want your nails done by Brock Napoli. <laughs> So, Brock, what is your most memorable story from working in bars? So, for this question, hey guys, so I guess I've got to take this one back to Beauty Bar Bushwick. Um, this wasn't even like a like a good story. This was just like something shocking, I guess, that stands out in my memory about bartending forever. Um, I was bartending; it was pretty busy, and all of a sudden, one of my friends runs inside and tells me that my doorman's being tasered by a gang of people outside. So I had I jumped over the fucking over the bar, yeah, and ran outside, and I look and I see my doorman being tasered by like three different people. Yeah, is it like the bouncer? This, of the bar? He was our bouncer. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, this guy gets in my face with like a bat, and it's just like this isn't any of your business, you know. Just I'm like, this is my bar. I'm working right now. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, they're like beating on the, my security guy, and this is only me coming to his rescue, basically, you know, and. Uh, so like, I don't know, five, it seemed like forever while this was happening, but like five seconds later, they all jump back in their fucking car and just like fucking take off. And then I, the dust settles and my security man comes up to me. He's missing two of his teeth. He's just been tasered by three different fucking tasers at the same time. Um, and uh, man, we just both broke down, dude. You know, like, we, I, like I, I felt like I, like I couldn't help him, you know, when that was happening. And, and I've never been so scared. Do you, know, do you know why? We just think it was like a random gang thing, dude. It was, yeah, it was when we had a bar out at Myrtle and Broadway. Um, and it was just so shocking. And uh, I've ne I actually have thought about it almost every day for the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah seeing That's that crazy. Um, but he's good. He's good. He's he, my man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Made he, it he out. We got into a bunch of shit together. Yeah, yeah. Still friends? Still friends. He's a personal trainer now. Oh, uh, yeah. Good for him. He, he is a great guy. I saw him break his arm a few times. <laughs> also, um, I guess that's my most one of my most shocking things. One of my, I guess, one of my favorite. What about? Uh, can you give us uh, a, a, a one that like? It just makes you laugh, or like a positive, like. For... Yeah, I've got. A, I've, I've had like a lot of run-ins with really cool musicians and celebrities and uh, and just meeting, especially working at this bar, I've been able to meet people from all over the world, you know, um, and I've met some of the nicest people on earth working here, uh, Colin Jost, uh, Blondie's been here, um, both of them? Yeah, yeah, both of them. We've had every punk band on earth come through this bar. Nice. Who's uh, like, uh, uh, the damned has DJ here before? Uh, no, Captain Sidewall from the damned. Who's one of your uh, favorite celebrities that you've ever encountered? I mean, the, working in New York, I mean honestly, the one that connects me the most, who's been here more than once, it has to be Colin Jost from SNL because he's always fucking around with me when he's coming here. Yeah. You know, and he's. He's hilarious in person and on TV, you know, and uh, he just gives me that look the few times that he's been here, like, 
I know what you're fucking doing. They're all good tippers. They've all been well behaved. Has anyone ever not been well behaved? I don't know. Are we allowed to ask that? Like someone famous? Yeah, can we? I mean, one time it was in New York Post, Daniel Radcliffe got tossed out of here once. Oh, Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. He was tossed out of his bar once and it made page six. Wow. So like yeah, I guess so, yes. he's the he's the extreme example. I, you know, I think he cleaned up his act after that. Yeah. But he, yeah. was, he was fucking around with our DJ and got uh, lost. But uh, like, he came in and it, I'll never forget seeing that. Yeah. I'm trying so hard to figure some like I'm trying so so hard to think of some witty spell pun like he got a Darvin out of here. <laughs> but not that. But not that. Um, I remember when Paul Giamatti was here one night. He was really cool to talk to. Um, Steve Buscemi's been here a couple of times. He's a really good friend of my boss. Yeah, Steve Buscemi's a, a New Yorker through and through. I remember hearing a story about him where when 9-11 happened, he was filming Cali or something. He flew back to, no way. to do the... Uh, he, he's FDNY, right? Yeah, yeah. He's definitely uh, yeah, so he flew back and, and went and volunteered. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, seeing Blondie walk in here... Uh, one night, I was definitely starstruck. Yeah. I, I was big into yeah. Blondie when I was a teenager. Just wanted to play CBGBs. <laughs> so, working in bars, uh, some gross stuff happens. Um, what is one of the grossest things that you've ever seen happen? One of the grossest things I've ever seen happen was definitely seeing someone throw up in the glass that was in front of them at the bar. Oh. Yeah, and then it all like overflowed oh, out of no. the top of the glass all over the bar. Uh, it was pretty nasty. I've seen, I've walked into bathrooms and seen crime scenes <laughs> before. Uh, you name it, I've seen it in the bathroom. So that's, do you think that the grossest place in a bar is the bathroom? Not always. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've used the bathroom at CBGB's before, um, you know, some pretty legendary, disgusting bathrooms in the city. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of stuff happens right in the bar area. You know, people try to be sneaky about it, too. Like, I've seen someone throw <laughs> up with the hairdryer over their head, you know, like they try to just make it look like no one noticed. And there they are, barfing their brains out with a hairdryer covering half their face. I think um, with the person who threw up into their glass... What was the next step? Did they go, I'm done with this glass? Or did they continue to pretend like they didn't throw up in their glass and like held it? Or First of all, I almost threw up. I get really bad gag reflex oh, no. too when I think about throwing up. I can almost make myself throw up. Oh, okay. yeah, I get car sick. Motion yeah. uh, sickness really bad easily. Um, and uh, the next step was me getting them the hell out of here. Yep. Yeah, you know, they had yeah. a couple friends with them and I was like, you, you need to get this person out of here immediately. And then, guess who's stuck cleaning it up? You know, I've yeah. had a couple people try to clean up their own throw up before. Was it me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about that, so hot. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, they they got taken out of here pretty quick. Um, we've had someone throw up in pretty much every spot in this place. Yeah. It's like the collateral of being in a bar, right? With, so, the, out, with the outdoor stuff this summer, um, we saw people like pissing in the street, yeah. you know, like pulling their, you know, you'd yeah. be serving a table and you'd see someone fucking pulling their pants down at the same time, <laughs> like just like a few feet away, you know. But um, the throw up in the glass, man, I'll never forget when that girl did that. Yeah, yeah. Was she cute? At least it was like a half full drink, so like just kind of like turned into like a, <laughs> oh. a school volcano science experiment. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
right. Bye, boy. What is your dream bar to work at? Cocktails and Dreams. You like cocktail making? No, from the movie, Cocktails and Dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to work. I would love to work in a bar on a Caribbean island with <laughs> barely anyone there. there. Um, the movie Cocktail. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, uh, yes. That's like their dream to open this bar, and uh, I, I would love to, man. To have like a bar on a beach. Bar on a beach. I really want, man. Yeah, like I love the city bartending, but that's like the only other option I could see myself doing is like somewhere. Has to be warm all year round. Warm right? all year. Yeah. Not a lot of people. Just, like, not a lot of people. How are you gonna make money? I don't. I, like, <laughs> if, if I'm actually working at a bar like this, I just feel like it's because I'm retired and I'm living. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. You're a big fan of Puerto Rico, right? I am. So is that where you would want it? Where would it be? Maybe. Like, I love Viecas. That's where I have some friends that have a couple bars on the beach down there. And I kind of like the vibe of when they're busy, it's really not busy. Yeah. But for, to them, it's busy. Uh-huh. But you also have, like, wild horses running by, you yeah, know. And, sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, and you mid-shift, you just cannonball in the Caribbean, you know, and then just go back to work. Should we all go down there and do uh, one of these podcast with one of those bartenders and we could just hang out on the beach. Oh, I know they would do it. Yeah, yeah. I know they would do it. I think really, now that I think about what this this podcast is, I think it's, um, I think our real goal is to just get enough bartenders together to open a bar somewhere. On the beach. On the beach. And then we just all work there. That'd be perfect. We retire from podcasting. So in New York City or anywhere, um, throughout your travels, uh, where, where do you like to go? What are your haunts? So... Most of my favorite bars are definitely closed now. Yeah. The, because I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a drink in five years. You know, this June thirty will be five years since I had a drink. Um, I'm pretty much these days a bowler. You know, so I, I'm in a bowling league for eleven years now at the Gutter in Williamsburg. Yeah. That's like my, that's like my number one jaunt outside of this place. Oh, cool. Um, but like some of my favorite bars of the past that are not here anymore were. Um, 119 bar, which was located right next to Irving Plaza. Um, I met all my best friends there 18 years ago that are here in the city still. Uh, I met a ton of musicians there and, and uh, got to see a ton of killer shows because we would just basically sneak into Irving Plaza. So what, what, what? the back door. <laughs> oh, the, so it was, a, it was a bar in Irving Plaza. It was a bar that was, so Irving's on the corner of 15th and Irving. And like right on 15th, like, like one door down, right by their backstage entrance, was 119 Bar. Huh. Yeah, and like Dean Winters used to bartend there. Uh, he was on that show Oz. He's yeah. the mayhem guy from yeah. the TV commercials. Uh, he was, I've seen a photo of you. Yeah, he's been here before. Uh, he was a bartender at 119. Uh, some of our favorite bars, like we would close up here and we'd go to these, these after hours spots back yeah. in the day. We would hang out at like Lit Lounge. It's not there anymore. Um, Are these all dives or like these what are all would you dive yeah, dives. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't really hanging out. I had a small like a year of my life where my friends tried to make me into a host. <laughs> so like I was hosting Friday nights, one Friday a month at Webster Hall. It was called the Trash Party. Um, it was like a pretty sexual like like rock and electro vibe. Um, I would just get all my friends to show up and they would give me bottles of liquor and, and pay me to just show up and like I put like I put like fucking stripes under my eyes on the way there and put eyeliner on I flat iron my hair I feel like uh, the the East Village in general is taking a huge hit especially for dive bars I mean especially during COVID I feel like I I walk down up and down the blocks and all the bars are I mean we're lucky that we're still here Uh, our sister bar I guess is 
is down the street called Auto Trucking Head. You know, like that's the, one of the. Is main, Auto still open? Yeah, they're still open. Yes. Yeah, one of the main bartenders there, Tracy. She works our Christmas party every year here. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we can go out to dinner. Yeah. Um, I miss uh, I miss the blind pig being next door. Supposedly, yeah, me too. supposedly yeah. Coyote Ugly is moving in soon. Oh boy! So, so I've had a lot of friends work there over the years. You know that could, when things are normal, that could this block could really be uh, jumping, man. Yeah. Having them next door with like a new, yeah. a new setup for them. That's We're kind of exciting. Looking forward to back to normal in bars would be excellent. <laughs> do you miss people sitting at the bar? Like, I do. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Right now we have tables set up. You know, we have a we have a couple of tables set up in front of the bar, so so people aren't allowed to stand up. So it's like I've I've grown seven feet. You know, I'm like leaning over, looking down at people now. But um, I miss I definitely miss people being at the bar, man. That's how I met all these people and made connections with them. It's kind of hard waiting to like having to run around like a chicken with my head cut off now. Yeah. And being able to connect with a lot of people. What's your favorite drink, and how do you make it? So, my favorite drink to make here at Beauty Bar is, it's, we've, just made, we've been making them for so long, we make a ton of martinis and cosmos and pink drinks and red drinks and blue drinks. Um, I love, I like, my favorite one's the pink rinse. Um, it's, it's rum, it's got pineapple, it's got cherry juice. Oh, it sounds like a hangover in a glass. It looks really pink and people will get really excited when I bring it to yeah. them at their table. What is it? Do you eyeball it or do you always measure it? Like, is it always the exact same when it comes out? I mean, after making them now for a long time, yeah. they, they come out pretty much the same way every time. Yeah, yeah. we we've all we we've, we've kind of always been an eyeball bar, you know. <laughs> yeah. But there there's still like a standard to make each drink taste the same way. Yeah. Um. So, but people love those pink drinks at Beauty Bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have anything that? You feel that you want to throw in there? Did you think of anything beforehand? Um, I would like to just say I feel honored and very thankful for you guys having me on your first episode of the Buyback Park podcast. Um, I love you guys, and I uh, can't wait till you guys can all come in here and tear this place up again like normal times. Me too. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Well, I think we're all looking forward to that. Like, rock. Seven tequilas. <laughs> you know, go. yeah. Like, There's only two of you. <laughs> yes. Seven tequilas. Like I can't wait for that moment <laughs> again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna wear my mask forever though. I wish I Oh yeah. I like the. the I like that people so can't see good. the look on my face yeah. with this mask on. Do you think you will keep wearing it? I don't know. Maybe yeah, people say I have like a nice, well, have like a ninja vibe going. Here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So here is our first bar rule. Bar rule. Bar rule. Uh. Tip 20% and $1 per drink, right? That's what we're going with? That, yeah. We're saying two just for two. I don't, I disagree. It's two bucks if, a drink. If somebody hands, we can argue about, yeah, we're going to right now. If somebody's going to, like, two I Two bucks get, a drink. Okay, so think of it this way. If it's Brock or somebody we know, like a bartender you know, we're going to tip way more than well, $1 per drink. You just leave what you change it. I mean, it's usually more than one. No, I always. What? If, if I go to a random bar and I, it's a bartender I don't know, and they hand me a PBR that is open, they will get one Two drinks. Two bucks. No, fuck off. Two bucks. Uh, How, why? If you're going why? to a bar and you're ordering a PBR, one, there's something wrong with you unless you're getting a shot with it because it's a PBR and shot special. Are you just ordering PBR? Yes, sometimes I just drink And you're PBR. not eating food. No. What the hell is wrong with what you? What do you do when you go to get a Guinness? Yeah. You're going to tip $2 for a Guinness. Yes. 
Absolutely, because a Guinness takes fucking one minute and 47 seconds. You know this. I, I have a certificate that says I know how to pour a Guinness. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, please tip 20% on all of your, your bills. I don't care if service was bad. Like, you never know what someone's gone through. 20% is my role. But the, the, the commentary we're having right now is if you... If you, So, the other side, I 100% agree with John. 20% on all bills, if you're paying with a card, if you've got food, yes. If you buy one beer at a pub because you're trying to kill time, I think a dollar tip is plenty. I think you are a cheap bastard. Okay. Well, I've might... seen you tip better than that for I, a beer. I have, but it's normally like somebody I know. If it's somebody I know, they're gonna get, if they give me one beer, I'm going to give them $20 probably, right? Like, no, you're not. Okay, but you, you get what... If I drink... <laughs> I might get charged for a beer and I still give them $20. You know, I might have had three or four, which still $20 on that would oh, be for a more... friend, you mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, that's what I'm saying. I still think $2 okay. is the going standard of beers. Listen, uh, subscribers, because I know that all of you on our first episode are already clicking <laughs> yeah. subscribe. Um, but subscribers uh, and our dear friends, since this is our first episode, if you disagree with Alex because he's just completely wrong, please comment, post... You can send us a tweet, and you can always email us uh, at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. And feel free to just shit on Alex (laughs) O'Claire for being a cheap bastard. All right, all you degenerates, last call is over, and it's time for After Hours. Make sure to visit Brock at Beauty Bar next time you're in the neighborhood. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at thebuyback. On Instagram at the buyback podcast, or email us at the buyback podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. And I think that if you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time.